I'm Jared. And I'm Avery. And welcome to A Cup of Tea. Everyone's intelligence has been shaped by distinct personal experiences. If you're curious to shed light on both humanity's collective and intimate truths, then take a seat with an open mind and a full cup as we examine reality through the blurry lens of our own individual perspectives. Have a sip while we talk about Dress to Impress. Picture this, Avery. It's 6 a.m. Mm. Your alarm goes off. God. You roll, <laughs> you roll <laughs> over. You walk into your closet and you have to pick out your attire for the day. Whatever line of work you're in, just about everybody, unless you're a work from home or in a very flexible mm-hmm. line of work, you have a dress to put on, a uniform, something that signifies that industry. Mm-hmm. So it could be a suit, it could be a dress, it could be a uniform, whatever it is. And I mean, this is a concept I feel like even if you don't have to do it yourself, a lot of people across the world are very familiar with this idea. Mm-hmm. Getting dressed, even if it's not for work, like maybe even if it's like, you know, getting dressed to go on a date or something, oh, yeah. dressing to impress is a core fundamental aspect of human society. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very sociological concept and construct that we have developed. And it's also, you know, to be quite frank, at least historically, it's been a very gendered construct as well. Mm-hmm. But I am very pleased to be joined by you today, Avery. Thanks for coming back on the pod. And I wanted to have you on this particular episode because I thought it would it'd be a really good perspective to gain from somebody who's been in the military, who is used to dressing in that uniform on a day-to-day basis, being on a ship, um, wherever anybody would be stationed in the military and, and having to put on that uniform and just, again, like the importance behind it, the values behind it, what it represents. Of course, I've been involved in white collar work for most of my life, at least most of my working life. And I can kind of speak to that as well. But yeah, I mean, getting up, crack of dawn, putting on <laughs> whatever that, you know, outfit is like it's, it's an integral part to a lot of people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. especially in, when it comes to work and like just trying to make a good impression for other people. Yeah, and uh, first again, thank you for thank you for having me back. Um, love the podcast, love to be on it, and yeah, I think dressing to impress, like clothes, has been a very vital part of society from basically day one. Even the ancient societies, you know, the way you dress signifies how you are inside, what, what stature you are, right? Good point. Um, and in the in the military, right? So getting up 6 a.m., always crappy, <laughs> always sucks. Um, always. <laughs> right, but um, it, 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 the military kind of spoiled me because I already know what I'm going to wear basically for the majority of the day. So mm-hmm. when I'm, it's actually when I'm not wearing a uniform, I'm like, oh, what do I wear? You know what I mean? It makes decisions so easy it for you. It makes it easy. <laughs> I already know I'm going to wear th- uh, this, this type of uniform mm-hmm. this day, and it's super easy. Uh, to the point that usually, uh, at least on a ship, right, you you have a, a stateroom or you have, like, your berthing on the ship. So a lot of people will wear, they put the uniform on the ship and they come to work in sweats and they come in, you know, like, bare minimal because there's no reason to impress. You're just going to work. Right. But um, for the uniform from the military, it goes down to, like, tradition and to look good. Not really for us, but for the population, right? We have different types of uniform for whatever we're doing. We have... You have the coveralls, which is for work purposes. Not looking good. We're just here to work. We're going to get dirty, right? But you got the khakis. Um, 
basically all khaki uniform. It's a very office setting somewhere, but it looks good, professional, and especially for the Navy's uniform, it's a tradition of always just looking really good. And then you have the whites, mm -hmm. and those are meant to impress, right? And so even in the military, we are always trying to dress to impress no matter what we do and just broadcast us to the world saying this is what we are look how good we are and we're a professional fighting mm -hmm. force which we are we're a professional yeah. fighting force we need to look that part yes. you know you're not we're not going to betray ourselves to be uh on the top of the food chain if we're all dressing like slob and stuff and right you always get that like oh why you gotta dress like this i mean we're just you know we're just war fighters just fight well there's a difference not just for war fighters we got to portray ourselves to our populace right to our people saying look mm -hmm. we're professional war fighters and and if you just look the part you're gonna you know you people are gonna believe in that so the uniform in the military even though it's you know super simple and i oh it's always good like that it's clean it's clean very mm -hmm. clean um my favorites are the all white uniform because you just look at that you look at like someone on a uniform and they look good and you're just like wow that is amazing. Like that's mm -hmm. my Navy. That's my Army. That's my Marine Corps, right? You, I'll go with my brothers in the Marine Corps. You, <clears throat> they have awesome uniform. I, I'll admit myself. They got awesome uniform. You look at that. That's sharp. You know they're 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 some bad dudes. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's what this topic. You know, dress for success because what you wear leaves an impression for others that can either help really benefit you or not. Because if you see someone like in a uniform that looks trash. You don't have you don't have a good Santa. It just doesn't look good, right? Yeah. You don't portray that. So mm -hmm. in the military, it's not just traditional. It's just to. It's also to impress as well. Yeah, I think it's a very important topic to talk about because, as I alluded to in my intro, there's many different contexts and where you want to look good. Mm -hmm. Whether it's for your country, whether it's for your company, mm -hmm. your partner, for your friends, society in general. You like, are an ambassador to your company. Like I'm an ambassador mm -hmm. of the military. Yes. I need to look good because especially if I am somewhere where there's not a lot of naval presence and they see me in my uniform, I am their probably their first representation. I'm their first image of what the Navy first is. First impression. And if, yes. And if I look good, they're going to equate that to the Navy. Just like with your company, if you're looking for success, you're wearing a suit and you walk around and like, oh, I work for this company. And they're going to think, oh, wow, that company is on top. That company must mm -hmm. be really good because you are impressing. So you're yes. an ambassador to your company. So I think that's why dressing for success is so important because it's not just you. You're dressing for people around you as well. Yeah, and that's that's the tricky part, Steve, that I really I think mm -hmm. why it's so important to talk about is two things. One, it is the the integral values that come with dressing for success and what that represents for you and how it benefits maybe your organization that you're affiliated with. But what's complicated and tricky about this phenomenon is that it's sociological in nature. So you are trying to impress other people, which may be a bit of a challenge when what you consider to be a good dress, you know, a good outfit is something that maybe other people don't agree with. Like mm -hmm. if we're talking about people that have natural hair that looks different from the rest of the populace yes. or people that have tattoos or people that maybe have some sort of disability or maybe somebody that um, is non-binary. You know, these are mm -hmm. different scenarios where it's like, you know, more so in civilized society, these are challenges that can be difficult as well. Yeah, I think that's what we it's one of the difficult part, right? Because as your audience might not know because they don't have a screen here, <laughs> I am an African-American man, right? And so 
my my hairstyle is different from yours, right? For a lot mm-hmm. of African Americans, you know, and, and just other minorities, we have different type of hairstyle, which for the longest time made people consider that unprofessional, right? Yes. Because they considered back in the day professional was keeping your hair short, you know, all this stuff, no tattoos and all that stuff. And you mm-hmm. saw it in schools, right? A lot of people of minorities would be sent home because their hair or something like that. When it's just like that's their natural hairstyle. Um right. and so you know, like someone might have dreads and then a company might not hire you because you have dreads, which is absolutely crazy. You see now a little change toward that because, you know, as we start including diversity into it and realizing that everybody is born differently, right, and all that yes. stuff, like dreads does not automatically make you unprofessional, right? No. There's a way you can put the dreads that and, and you know, and, and hairstyle that makes it professional, right? There's mm-hmm. there's a difference to that. And just because you look different from somebody doesn't make you unprofessional. Just because you have tattoos does not make you unprofessional, right? Like, what I say in the military, right? Um, the, there's a lot of regulation to that, but you can definitely see that we allow different hairstyles and women don't have to wear dresses. They can wear the same uniform as a man uniform. Um, I think the military is really coming into the fact that, like, Especially with such a diverse organization, people have different hairstyles. It's not automatically uh, considered unprofessional, right? And mm-hmm. I'll even go to my uh, like my black women, right? They're you know with their hairstyle, they're probably more likely to just not get a job because they just portray like oh it's unkept and whatever. But the their coworkers who might who either Caucasian or have their hairstyle that's more easy to the norm, they might get selected for some yeah. of that. Um, or someone with a bunch of tattoos, they automatically think, oh, must be a gangster or something. Like, no, the tattoos might mean something. So they get looked over. So you see in society that, like, it's not always fair, um, mm-hmm. especially when the norms of the major population is towards them. Yep. And so it's like everyone else, you have to conform to that. And sometimes yeah. you, you can't do that. Yeah. A lot of times in society, when it comes to dressing for success, it's about conforming, like you said, to the standard, adhering to an ideal. And this is actually something I've talked about a little bit on my podcast before. If you Mm -hmm. go back, Steeps, and listen to my episode about social media and body positivity. Yes. Myself and my co-host, Tall, we talked about pretty much what that represents like like uh like an I- this whole concept of an ideal body image mm-hmm. and how yes. like traditionally men and women are expected to fall within you know these body ideals but again it, it is more intricate and nuanced than that because you know there are people that don't feel like they fit in either bucket or people that you know do consider themselves male or female but they don't agree with the norms that are being put out there by society so exactly. that's another part of it yeah it's definitely a part uh, definitely i think a good tie-in with that too because from the longest time if yes. you were a man you wore a suit you know you wear these masculine clothes and all that stuff and then if you're a woman you wear a dress you yeah. have to wear a dress if you if a yeah. woman wore a suit what that's crazy right and then even mm-hmm. in your like normal life Right. If you wore a hoodie somewhere, all of a sudden you're considered a bad apple for some reason, you yeah. know. And of course, that plays into whatever demographic you you're in and stuff like that. But you can definitely see yeah. that there was a definite construct of like men do this, women do that, and then it's gonna, you know. And and this is how you dress for certain success and all that stuff. Yeah. So. And yeah, I mean, I and I think we're starting to see some of those 
norms slightly shift because essentially like it's becoming more commonplace for women even in white collar organizations to wear suits to wear blazers and mm -hmm. and, and that's awesome and in seeing some of those norms loosen but i feel like you know and then when it comes to men like men really if you're not wearing a polo or a suit it's like what are you wearing like you can't wear a t-shirt and jeans like yeah. you know you like unless it's like a casual friday <laughs> type yeah. of deal you know yeah so. you can't just like show up with like sweats and like a bro tank you mm -hmm. know um and just yeah. be like i'm ready for work so i think we are seeing that sliding like in even in the navy like you know there was a point where you had you can wear a lot of tattoos right but now mm -hmm. it's you know but we relax those rules and now you can wear tattoos all you want there's areas on the awesome. bodies that you can but you can come in with a sleeve and be definitely okay now right mm -hmm. um even then new regulation came out that men not in uniform can wear earrings if they're civilians so like we, we see even in the military side the rules relax and kind of like norm gender norms mm -hmm. kind of dissipating a bit at least in the military military side, there's still some stuff that like obviously men cannot have dreads, but women can, right? But we kind of see like loosening up and realizing that okay, you can still be professional and still have the stuff yeah. because that's not because the norm is no longer just being of the uh, 50, 60 style like man, you know, or woman. It it's branching out, yeah. um, and I feel, see it in the civilian side too. People with tattoos are you know white collar job and stuff like that you still yep. have like some biases of course yeah. with some um corporation stuff but i think as time goes on we see kind of like that the kind of boundaries start to dissipate but i do yeah. agree like with men like if a man come in with a dress i think already a lot of people it's gonna be like hmm still like yeah or fingernails painted fingernail painted yeah it's like heels we have more of a negative perception society of that than if a woman came in dressed with like you know flats and like a mm -hmm. suit or something that maybe a more masculine appearance but that's more acceptable now maybe in the future we'll continue to see that evolve i don't know i'm not i can't i'm not a fortune teller yeah i can't no. see into the future mm -hmm. but it is an interesting construct you know when you look at it from that lens yes yeah, it's, it's definitely like it's very interesting to kind of see as we progress as a society, we, you know, we realize um, diversity and we really represent everybody. How like, I, if a woman wants to wear a suit, sure. I say, go ahead, do it. Mm -hmm. And if a man wants to wear a dress, I say, go for it. But I, I won't lie and be like, I think that's, uh, that, right. that'd be kind of weird if I see it. Mm -hmm. because, because also, right, we are also coming from that generation where we were like, okay, women wear dresses, men wear suits. And even back then, women could wear dresses and I mean, yeah. uh, suits and stuff. And we were like, okay, that's cool. But I think as we progress and stuff, we might see that like, you know, yeah. be okay. Mm -hmm. But the real question um, kind of I want to say is like, well, obviously as we're trying to figure out like what is acceptable, like hairstyle being okay, we there still has to be like a, a line though, right? It, it can't just be like, just wear sweats and everything because like we said right, earlier right. in the show, right? Mm -hmm. It does give the impression. So like, how do we get to the point where like, anybody like what is considered professional for the black community the, the brown community the white community that we can all encompass this together to be like okay if i look at this person mm -hmm. who happened to be a black woman with this hairstyle right professional compared to someone else you know what i mean yeah it's almost like how do we celebrate each other's differences and diversity while still having some standards yes. right some some flexibility but also within a given range because i do agree that like if someone showed up to work with their hair completely messy and like a, a baggy stained t-shirt and like some <laughs> ho holes in their sweats mm -hmm. and no shoes or socks on, like you're gonna be like, 
get out. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, what gender you are, what yeah. age you are. It does not matter at that point. But, I mean... Like, don't change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, we'll give you some clothes. Here, just put these on. I don't care, you know, what size. Who cares what your size is? Exactly, but, right? But it's about, I think, I, I mentioned those two points, right? On one hand, it's very important to dress for success. On the other hand, it's a complicated dynamic for the reasons we've given. It's about how do we find that balance between the two. And I think you brought up some good points, which is like, one, we're programmed with this bias that, you know, men and women have to look a certain way and in a very traditional construct. And, and that is something that it, it is even hard for our generation and, and previous generations to start to overcome. I think we are making progress, but it, it's like whenever you have this societal construct, it I feel like it takes more acceptance overall for people to start mm -hmm. seeing the change. Like if a small group sees it and the masses don't, those people are still going to be subject to discrimination because yes. they're not seen in equal light. Like we, we've seen progress over time in, in many different areas. You know, if you look at, you know, minorities and the LGBTQIA plus community, but it's like, it, it takes so much more time than that because there's a lot of change that has to happen. We've come a long way. There's a much longer way to go. Mm -hmm. Even other types of discrimination, like, like with tattoos and earrings and dreadlocks, like I think the reason why those were discriminated against is because they, in almost like a prejudice type of way, they they just blindly associated those qualities or features with something that maybe wasn't true and, and most likely didn't actually apply to that person. Like you're in a gang or, um, you know, something like like negative about that person, mm -hmm. some kind of negative stereotype and it's most affected, you know, minorities. And I'm glad to see some of those things get relaxed. Yeah. And then... Like you said, we have a long way to go. Like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to just be here and be like, say, like, the military is, like, a super perfect. You know, even even in the military, right, you still see some people try to hang people up on, like, mm -hmm. hair. And we see that with a lot of, like, I will say my black sisters, right? They, they you know, it's like, oh, you got to change your hair. It's unprofessional. And then you look at the regulation, which love, one thing the military gets right, look at the regulation. If you're in regs, you're good. Tell even a higher superior person, you can tell that person like, hey, nope, this is the regulation. You're wrong. Right. Yeah. But we still see that. And, you know, and we, you know, it's still a long way to go before we can really just be like, OK, like that hair is like acceptable. Like it's OK. Right. And it's even harder to like, you know, and I will, I will say it's sometimes it's even harder to like put the standards on because then, mm -hmm. you know, it's like okay, well, how do I know that hair is in regs and stuff like that? It, it takes more of us as leaders and not even the military, but in, like, cars yep. and society where, like, how you look is very much um, important to kind of, like, take that vested interest and mm -hmm. uh, be that intrusive leader and get to know your other, all your people, you know, and be like, hey, you're a white person trying, trying to tell a black woman, like, hey, that hair is not in regulation. You have to have the leadership the uh, empathy and the knowledge to be like, I've done my research, I've done all that stuff, I know that's not in regs, so just hear how you can't put in regs, right? So it's it's one of those things where as society, as we keep going further, we'll get more comfortable in being like, hey, that hair is acceptable, like that looks professional, yeah. not putting our own biases in and no biases going away because as each generation, they wake up yeah. and be like, well, that doesn't seem to make sense. But mm -hmm. also at the same time, being like, hey, I know what professional looks like and i know that's not professional you need to go change it and that's not coming from a place of bias it's coming from the rules and regulation yes. that is I, that and those rules and regulation are coming from a place of like 
diversity inclusiveness, right? Because mm-hmm. once we get to that, and then it would be easier because I can be like, this is regulation. I already know these rules and regulation are coming from a good place. Right. So yeah, it, it, it's something like that. Yeah, it, it's it's going to take time for sure. These things take time. Mm-hmm. But I I think that with the right mindset that we can get there. You know, we, yeah. can, we can find that middle ground and, you know, have a way to dress to impress, but also be accommodating for these necessary flexibilities because not everybody is going to be able to fall in one of two buckets or, mm-hmm. you know, dress only in one certain way. Yeah. Um, it, it just, and, and I'm speaking more in the societal construct, but I think even in the military, it's great how like they are being, you know, over time more open to, you know, different features being expressed mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's really good to see. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate it too. Cause you know, uh, especially in the military, uh, the people are what matters the most, and yes. um, got to make sure that that we allow people to express themselves in a way that still represent the best qualities of the Navy. Of course, you know what I mean. Right. So it takes a team. It takes it really a team. Takes a team. Exactly. All right, Avery. Well, what I have here is I have three articles I want to look at today, okay. <laughs> and it's pertaining to the topic here at hand. So the first one here is a page titled Dress for Success mm. from the Career Readiness Center at the University of North Texas Health Science Center at Fort Worth. So very interesting. So of course, we talk about it can be less than 10 seconds for someone to make a first impression of you that is difficult to change. Yes. And I think that what I want to just put out there to all the steeps listening right now is that I think that first impression matters so much because subsequent interactions with somebody you get to know them inside so at that point you're kind of comfortable with them right so like there could be minor fluctuations in their appearance and you know their character you know their integrity you know what their their values are but when you first see someone you're they're a complete stranger you you don't know who they are so it's like you almost like whatever that looks like for you you almost have to put your best foot forward so Mm -hmm. that they get to know the real you because if you show up late sloppy not really put together and you know kind of just give off this vibe that you don't really care about the interaction that can give a really poor first impression to somebody now they're like i don't even want to you know do business with this person exactly you could be the great tech worker you'd be a great person that hard worker and stuff like that but i don't know you like that and for a lot of people like not even in like let's not even like work related that's like mm-hmm. just being like friend like meet you off the street and right and 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 it's like i'm supposed to like interact with you in 10 seconds and i'm just not impressed i don't want to be friends with you i don't want to continue this and then going back to the work side yeah i don't know you and i have to invest in you so this 10 first 10 seconds is important if you just seem like a slob don't care you're late and all that stuff like why should i invest in you because i don't know you personally and that Mm -hmm. takes time and so think about it like this i think And then this is a little bit more psychological. I think we as human beings, we have these like shortcuts or heuristics in our mind Mm -hmm. where when we're interacting with people, we try to take these shortcuts to, you know, pass judgment on somebody and not like a discriminatory way, but almost be like, okay, is this person going to be worth my time or not? Mm -hmm. And if their attitude or their appearance or something is like just off-putting, then that could be something that, you know, it's like, I don't want to do business with them. So my question for you, being someone in the military and being someone who's been a position of leadership in the military, 
How has that first impression impacted that journey that you've taken? Like, has there been anybody that surprised you later on? Like, oh, wow, you were actually better than I initially thought? Or are your first impressions typically consistent with the performance that you observe after? I would say to that question, yes and no. There has definitely okay. been sailors and officers, like everybody, right, that I have seen made a first impression and I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, I'm just like, mm, I, don't, I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I try to give everybody this, uh, the benefit of the doubt, right? So, you know, but then most of the times they usually come out true, but then sometimes I get surprised. I'm like, okay, you definitely are a good worker and stuff like that. But even, even in those cases, there's some truth to what I did. You may be a good worker, but you do dress like a slob. Or like, yeah. you don't do this, but you're a good worker, you know? Mm -hmm. There's not, I don't think there's really one person when I've just absolutely been like, oh, no, nope, bad impression. And then mm -hmm. 180, oh, you just, the best person ever. Yeah. It's always just like, even in those circumstances, it's like, okay, like, you're not entirely bad as I thought. But there's still some mm -hmm. aspect that I was like kind of right, right? And then right. the people that like I'm impressed with and they usually continue to impress me. Yeah. There is a correlation that I've definitely seen in the military and that's going to myself too. I always try to put my best foot forward because that is what I, especially as a leader, I need to portray to everybody like, hey, this person knows what he's doing. He's going to show up on time and all this stuff, right? Especially as a black officer, I need to put my best foot forward because yep. Even if, even if, and I've never been discriminated in the military for my black, but I do know there's biases and I'm not yes. trying to stereotype those biases for me. So I always put my bed foot forward. I always try to succeed in everything I do and stuff because I know mm -hmm. I don't want people to fall back on those, those, those yeah. biases. So, And that's very easy to do in society. I feel like that's why minorities and, and people who don't fit into this, you know, mainstream or the majority, like they do struggle with that because if they don't act a certain way, now they're falling into the trap of the stereotype, which is not true. It's like, yeah. maybe you're just having a bad day. Maybe, maybe this role isn't right for you, but people are gonna take it as like a, a personal trait of mm -hmm. yours rather than a situational one. Exactly. That's and, the difficulty. And that's so hard to like overcome. It's so, harder to build up your reputation and build mm -hmm. up that than to than to destroy it. It is super easy yeah. for you to just have a bad day and everybody just be like, oh, no, like you just proved my, my worst fears and all that stuff. And then exactly. even harder to build that up. And that's always difficult too. Yeah. You know, you see when you're in friend groups too, you're like, hey, you know, you make a bad impression. It's gonna take a long time for those, for some mm -hmm. of those friends, especially like the really <laughs> dedicated yeah. ones to be like, <laughs> okay no you're actually a good person you know what i mean so yeah i'm not gonna get into detail on this podcast just to you know respect people's privacy but i do have a first-hand example of that mm -hmm. <laughs> people that i know that they don't really get along that well and it's because they didn't have a great you know first impression with Same one here. another yep so it, it is challenging but first impressions matter so much and i i think it also another reason why it matters a lot even in like your case being an african-american male is like you do have these impressions that you give off to people, you know, just based on the color of your skin. You cannot change that. Mm -hmm. So like you have to almost like compensate for that by showing, you know, that you're exuding professionalism, you're 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 dressing clean and neat so that you're not giving them any reason to reinforce these negative stereotypes about you cuz people, you know, people are trash. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest, like people no, yeah. are people suck. People can be trash. Yeah, people suck. Individual are okay. People suck. And I and I agree, right? And 
And that's a you know that that's something that as a society we're we're working on mm -hmm. on for the better to be like okay these are stereotypes that just doesn't are not true or should not be generalized to people, but yeah it's it's true like it's a hundred percent true, um and I, from my personal experience there's many people in the military like black leaders and black sailors that have come up to me afterwards and be like okay like okay yeah you're doing like okay you you you're you are portraying what we need to portray too because there is stuff like that and sometimes you see it and sometimes it's just like unintentional like it's they people right. don't even mean to do that but it's just what society has they've grown up with and sometimes it's just in it's a small bias, but sometimes that kind of comes out and it's like yeah. well no he was just like having a bad day and so yeah it's like it's harder for certain people to have bad days because automatically mm -hmm. they're labeled that while another group of people can have multiple bad days exactly. and they still get the benefit of the doubt but yeah. i think everybody should get the benefit of the doubt no matter who you are yeah. but and i think first impressions should matter no matter who you are i mean it's literally it says here in this article it's how you market yourself to prospective employers to prospective friends and also to prospective partners if if you're somebody that's interested in a romantic partnership it's like what better first impression for a lifelong partner than putting your best foot forward, dressing, impressing, exactly. showing them who you are, but at your best. Yes. And then they get to know you for your best. Then you can have impressing. all those bad days. Cause then they'll be like, <laughs> okay, but I've seen like, then I got to know you, you know what I mean? So even with all that, you always want to put your best forward in everything you do, because at the end of the day, this is what they are judging you in these 10 seconds. Do they want to be your friend, your lover? You want to get this job? You mm -hmm. want to put your best friend? I think you should. Like, who doesn't want to look their best all the time? Like, and I'll, I'll admit myself, I love a good sweat and a t-shirt. <laughs> I love to just be basic. Mm -hmm. But there is a confidence that just brewed out of somebody when you just walk out the house or you're walking into an interview and you know yeah. you look your best. You know you just, yeah. you're exuding that riz. That <laughs> is, I love that. Right? And, and even like going out to just eat and you just know you look good. It just builds that confidence that helps mm -hmm. you in the future. So yeah, yeah dress for success. Poor Jan, everyone should always dress to impress. Just, I love it. Yeah. You get one more riz for this episode, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Filling make, out gauge up. Make, make sure it's placed at a good time. Right. Really good moment for maximum impact. Maximum riz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's overall just super important. And yeah, I think it's just really awesome overall just to give that first impression. So just going over some of the general rules of thumb that they give here on this article to dress for success. They say that there is no absolute right or wrong way to dress, which is true. It'd be absolutely absurd to say you're only dressing for success if you identify as a male, if you're wearing like a blue, like navy suit with, you know, <laughs> right? you know navy slacks with like a white button up. No, but there are unwritten rules and you can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes here. Yep. Unwritten rules unwritten that you need rule. to follow with your appearance. I'm curious to see how much, I, how many of these unwritten rules I know and how much of them... Cause you know, I feel right. like I know most of the unwritten rules. But let's see, let's see how yeah. much I know which ones. Yeah. And and again, the the importance of this is to not embarrass yourself, of mm -hmm. course. Yes. To give off a negative first impression, and also to prevent yourself from being at a professional disadvantage. Because again, like you show up to an interview, you meet your boss, and you're not dressed for impressing them. Like, 
well, I guess you're going to get stuck with the bad assignments or you might, you know, your offer might come in lower. They might not want to hire you at all. Yeah, so. the next to the next guy who looks like, oh, he's good. He, he might be trash, yeah. but he yeah. looks good. Yeah. I, and I think also a sidebar here, I think that there's probably people who are less qualified to get jobs just because of the impression they made was better. Absolutely. A good rule of thumb, they say, is to know what type of dress is expected in a dress one level above what others do. Mm. Now, I actually think this is a really good tip because... You want to dress to impress, but you want to stand out. Like you want to, you want to like just put other people in the rearview mirror. Like, because think about it. Whether it's you know in competing for partnership of a lover for mating, like how think about how like peacocks do and everything, <laughs> or or like you know trying to compete with others for a job or something. Like you want to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you do that? Like, is it wearing a different color suit or dress, or is it about like? It, doing your hair in a certain way that stands out from others and maybe something that other people could be like, oh, that caught my eye. And like, now I want to engage in conversation with you. It could exactly. be the little details, maybe even like a nail color or something. I get you. But uh, devil advocate, do you, is it, if, how much is too much? Because if it's like, let's mm-hmm. say it's uh, casual and you go like business attire, like casual business attire, cool. But if you come in in like a suit, it could be the opposite. It'd be like, yeah. who's this guy? Like, what I, are you doing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go into the stratosphere. At that yeah. One. I I actually remember a long time ago, like, I had like an interview for a retail job, and like we were all dressed in casual clothes, and this one guy showed up in a suit, and I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, who is he? Like, this is not like. This is not like some corporate entity, like, mm-hmm. you know, like with an office building, like it's a retail job, like get over yourself. Yeah, you know? it's just like, <laughs> I, I get the dress to impress, but there's, there is a bit too much. Yeah. So I think I like that rule. One step above is yeah. definitely fine. So if, if everyone's dressed casual, you know, like t-shirt, jeans, maybe you could just like do like a, maybe, maybe like a blazer that's open or like just a button up, oh, some pol- pants, polo, polo maybe, you know, yeah. just, just a little bit more. That's kind of like, okay, you know, like mm-hmm. I got you. Right. I agree, I agree <laughs> with that. And then also they say to take pride in your appearance mm-hmm. and understand the context of the professional world. So like, I think confidence is also key. It's, it's not just the, what it's not just what you choose to wear. It's how are you presenting that? Cause I could dress to the nines, but if I come in like, Hey, my name's Jared, and I'm I'm just here to you know get to know you. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, okay, so like that's yeah, that, like no one's gonna want to talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> like no one be listening to this podcast. But I was like, I'm Jared, and welcome to a cup of tea. It's like no, monotone, no one, right? no one will be listening to this podcast. One thing, one thing I, I love like in the in the Navy is like when we wear whites. We always mm-hmm. say you're wearing white, walk with confidence. You are literally full white, bright, but if like you're in this mm-hmm. like. Sick ass uniform. Walk like <laughs> confident. Walk and make it work. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Like you can wear like yeah, you can wear all to the nine, but if you don't screw the confidence that you your your outfit is exuding, it's not gonna work. It looks even more awkward than mm-hmm. somebody that just comes in not looking like that, but at least comes in more confident. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you're wearing something nice, you yeah. better be you walk walk it. And here's the thing, confidence is key, even in the face of adversity. So again, if you're like a minority or your appearance doesn't conform to the norms that society has, it's like you should still be confident in how you look because you're trying to exude that confidence to others so they can, you know, pick up on that. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not sure about yourself, people can sense that very easily. And whether they're judgmental or not does not matter. People can sense confidence either way. So that's why you should always put your best foot forward, even mentally in those situations. Absolutely. 
Most importantly, knowing the rules of how you need to dress to impress does matter because you want to, again, leave a lasting impression. So this is very interesting. They actually give like a chart here mm. that gives women's attire versus men's attire. Got again, yeah. disclaimer, this is a very gendered construct, but I think this just kind of, it sheds some valuable insight into kind of a modern but still traditional mindset of yeah. how you know people are expected to dress. So, and I think it's also important of the company you're going to. Because let's be real, if you're yes. going to Google, with pretty progressive, you can probably wear whatever you want, or you wear what might not be norm. But if you're going to a a, a very traditional company, yes, you, you gotta know the company you can. Yeah, like if, with. if you're working at like a financial institution, you might have maybe a little bit more stricter dress protocol than like a tech company. Exactly, and if that business is very conservative, you already know off the bat what they might be looking for. Right. They might say something else, you know, but it's just like know where you're going and you can probably yeah. realize from there what you're dressing and like what they're looking for. It's like diversity and inclusion, but with like an asterisk yes. at the end. Yes, <laughs> but. But like, let's let's hold, hold your horses a little bit. You yeah. Know? For both men's and women's attire, you have professional on the left, business casual on the right. So of course for men, we're talking about suits, sports jackets. For women, we're talking about either like suit jacket, blazer. Um, again, I feel like Dresses could also be acceptable, but I feel like in today's modern era, it's actually more acceptable to kind of dress more this way, where it's like either like that long suit mm -hmm. for women or in, in the business casual context, a jacket or a cardigan. I, I agree with that too. Definitely today, it's definitely more acceptable for women to wear something that's more like a suit, basically, right? Yeah. Than a dress. Something a little bit more comfortable, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you look on the left for, for men's attire, full suit. On the right, you've got kind of this, you know, button-up with maybe some khakis or, you know, some nice pants. Not jeans. Sorry, jeans. Oh. <laughs> and then for women on the left, you know, it's that it's that suit jacket. On the right, it's normal jacket or cardigan with those khaki pants or dress pants again. So, actually, a lot of similarities between men and women, except, of course, like, the articles of clothing are tailored very differently. Mm -hmm. I feel like men are, you know, more expected to like tuck in their shirts where yeah. in women's case, maybe they could have like that shirt laying over their pants. Mm -hmm. Also the footwear is very different because of course men, it's always dress shoes. Dress shoes, like, exactly. You're not like, it's not acceptable for men to wear open-toed shoes. Whereas women could get away with flats, closed-toed heels, yeah. open-toed heels, mm -hmm. you know, those are like acceptable yes. means of footwear. For women, it's acceptable to wear jewelry, maybe not too much, but for men, you know, except maybe your wedding ring, I don't think it's really acceptable to be wearing like bracelets or nah. necklaces, at least in a traditional Tr context. Very traditional context. Even earrings are like, kind of like, uh, is a new concept really, you know, so. Right. And, and that, and, and I think you touched on, it's like, it's a slow adoption. Like I even know a lot of white collar corporations that even tattoos being visible is not acceptable. And and, and like you have to wear like a long sleeve just to cover it, yeah, which is kind of absurd. Absurd, yeah. Cause like nowadays, like a lot of people have tattoos. So it's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and they're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's a means of personal expression, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so yeah. 
And, um, you know, for women, when it comes to footwear again, like heels, obviously, you know, 3.5 inches or less. Cause yeah. like, you don't want to be wearing like stilettos to work <laughs> or anything. And, and, you know, men aren't expected to wear like, you know, giant boots either. Like, you know, dress shoes do the job. Mm -hmm. Belt color should match shoes. That's a big one. Yep. I've, yeah. That, that, that one does look a little tacky. If you're, <laughs> if, you're if your colors are mismatched, like. And again, it's just our mindset that what we've been conditioned to. But like, mm -hmm. it just, it, I'm a, I'm a huge color coordination guy, Avery. Like yeah. I can tell you that again, my preferred, if I could wear this outfit every day, I would always prefer t-shirt and shorts. It's my favorite combination, but like, I just, I like color coordination. Like I like, you know, seeing a color on one article of clothing that matches my shoes or something else. Like yeah. it, it's, it's nice to me. It, it makes other people see that you know how to dress yourself, yeah, right? And you put it's, effort into it. It's a, it's, it's a, a ple appeasing to the eyes, mm -hmm. knowing that like, okay, I might have a red shirt and black pant, but my black pant has this red marking. Oh, I yes. match, you know? And it just, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, I also just think it's about picking complementary colors. Like, you know, you don't want to wear like, I don't know, like, like olive green pants with like, I don't know, like a purple and yellow shirt. Like yeah. it's not really gonna go together all mm -hmm. that well. Maybe like clashing. brown yeah. shoes. It's like, what? Like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> you know know but, yourself and how to compliment yourself. Right, exactly. Also, I, I would guess a more recent change with men's clothing is that ties are now optional. Yes. Whereas ties used to be pretty much mandatory. And, mm -hmm. and you know, back then it was pretty much unacceptable to wear anything other than a suit. Just like it was unacceptable for women to wear anything but a dress. But a dress. And now dresses are all but phased out at this point, mm -hmm. at least in terms of what the expectation is. Yeah. Also, again, I, I'm noticing with this professional, you know, business casual attire is that no tank tops, no spaghetti straps. You do have to have some kind of sleeve. And, and typically, I think the shortest sleeve that I see is acceptable for men is like a polo. Mm-hmm. Probably even the same for women, but typically you see like longer sleeved. Yeah, and I tops. and I I think I, I agree with that. You know, mm -hmm. I I don't I think with kind of going through like bro tanks and like <laughs> short shorts and all that stuff, like there is definitely a category between like casual clothing and professional mm -hmm. clothing. So yeah, if you coming in with a bro tank, you're trying to explain to me how this is like discriminatory. I'm like, get out of here. You're, <laughs> that's not okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can agree with that because I feel like to some extent, you know, even if you're challenging, you know, societal gender constructs, like there's still clothes that have sleeves that fit all genders. Like you don't have to like, yeah. there's no reason anybody has to wear a tank top. Mm -hmm. There's like, there are clothes clearly meant for certain things. Yes. And like a road tank are mentally meant for casual wear. Like Yes. We can all agree on Just that. like flip-flops are meant for going to the beach or it's, going to the pool. Exactly. Or just casual. Like, you're not... I get mad at the idea of, like, anybody, like, walking into work with, like, flip-flops on. I'm like, mm -hmm. like, 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 we're not... Th this is not Tahiti. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like get out of here. The beach is not right there where you can just, like, okay, let's go to the beach afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Especially in your job, too. Like, hell no, I'm going to flip-flops. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Or, or what about if you show up to work in swim trunks? Is there any reason for you to show up to work wearing swim trunks? Yeah, we swim in. There's a pool I didn't know about. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So that, that all is key. And, and another interesting call out here is primary sock color matches pant color. I feel like that maybe an unwritten rule or norm but i feel like that's one that actually has been challenged more or less recently because mm. you're seeing a lot more 
men like wearing these cool socks that are kind of like crazy you know they're, they're kind of like crazy socks like they're wild colors different prints on them yeah very mismatching it's almost kind of like a gag thing because it's like you rarely see the socks but then you see them and it's like oh it's like you know like a tv show character or something you know kind of quirky yeah outrageous. yeah yeah that's a unwritten rule that i feel like is yeah, I can get away with that. You can probably get yeah. away with not following that, depending on what you have. Yeah, probably not so much in the military, but maybe a, no, not in the military. No, no, <laughs> local no. corporation. Local corporation, and sometimes, well, so yeah, sometimes you can probably get away with that, being like, oh, crazy sock Tuesday or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like something like that. So yeah. Also, another interesting thing I, I just noticed here is again, men are expected to wear collared shirts, whether that's button up, polo suit. But I think women have more flexibility there. Women definitely have more flexibility with that. And also, looking at the keep the color neutral and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Good they, call out. They are the same for men and women. But mm-hmm. I do feel like women probably have more colors that they could. Like if a woman comes with maybe like a pink dress or like a lighter tone colors, like more feminine colors, mm-hmm. they're probably more acceptable than if a man came in with like feminine colors. Yeah, or even, like, a man coming in with, like, a bright blue blazer. Like, that's yeah. probably going to be, like, you going out? Like, what? Yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. the, the neutral color palette is an interesting one. And I, I think I see the, the rationale there. Like, you don't want to be too bold and stand mm-hmm. out. But then again, standing out sometimes can set you out from... It, it can help you... Like, like wearing something that's like not conforming with others sometimes can help you stand out even more. It just depends on the context. And we've talked about that there's a wide variety of different organizations that you could be affiliated with, whether it's governmental, corporate, some other type of entity. And it, it, I think it's all about the cultural context, what you can get away with. Yes. Military is a lot more strict. And then some companies, maybe like a tech company are going to be way less strict, more, way more flexible Mm -hmm. in that regard. Yeah. So before we move on to our next source, is there anything else that stands out to you here? Um, no, this this kind of makes sense, like all the unwritten rules and stuff like that. And um, I don't know my own biases. Like I look at the men's one, I'm like that that makes sense. I like it. It looks mm-hmm. good and stuff like that. And I look at the women's one, I'm like, yeah, that looks good too. I think you know, pretty. I think this is a pretty good like basis to jump off if you're looking like, how do I dress for success? And like that looks good to me. Good, good, good. All right, well, the next article I have here is a study that I wanted to dive into here. This is from the Journal of Business Research and is titled Clothes Make the Leader. Mm. How leaders can use attire to impact followers' perceptions of charisma and approval. So I won't be getting too much into the details. This one is a pretty long, lengthy study. Again, link will be in the show notes if you want to check it out in its Mm -hmm. full detail. But I did think it was very interesting about, again, this concept of dressing to impress and how it makes a difference and an impact. So there were four studies conducted based on professional appearance in the following context, type of clothing, whether Mm -hmm. it's formal, smart, or casual culture, a control oriented culture or flexibility oriented culture, which is something we've kind of touched on already and age as well as rank. So the sample size typically consisted between anywhere between 70 to 250 German speaking professionals. So again, with most of these studies, there are limitations because you can't get the whole seven to 8 billion 
population the earth as your sample size yeah that's a population <laughs> you know statistics that's not a sample anymore so there's always going to be some biases and in this case i mean for one they only focus on clothing in the study they highlighted that there are other factors at play when it comes to making impressions on people and they're german so german culture is different from american culture exactly exactly so they're all german speaking and, and they're from german culture which is I, I think if you know something about german culture they're very workplace oriented they're they're very mm -hmm. hi hierarchical so um definitely it kind of kind of like the the japanese as well yeah so it, it's kind of more of an extreme example here May if you pulled a, a country like Norway or Sweden, they might be a little bit looser with oh, yeah. these expectations. Japanese are very business oriented over there. Suits, right. if they can. Definitely, I would say different culture too. Japanese is very much like a, they're always trying to impress, put the better foot in a cultural sense too. Like they, no, never just no dishonor and all that stuff, you know, so. Right, because it's all about honor and tradition and, you know, I, I feel like in their societal context, they are more doing it for each other because they have yes. they have a societal construct where they, they do more things for other people. They're more, I've, I've seen this before, where they are more collectivist yes. as a culture. We're more individualist. Yes. That's why we have more freedom of individual expression in our mm -hmm. country here in the United States of America. Yes, definitely. But yeah, they did highlight their other factors at play that can affect first impressions, such as uh, gestures. You know, how you move your hands, how you physically present yourself other than your attire. This is something that future studies can focus on. Also, internal versus external validity. So this study looked at internal validity, like within these organizations, but external validity also could go beyond your particular workplace culture, your organization. And then um, all the CEOs that they had these German speaking professionals ranking were male. They were all male CEOs mm. for the sake of consistency, and this is also partially due to the oversaturation of male CEOs in Fortune 1000 companies, which was part of their sample size of male CEOs and their appearance that they had them rate. So again, like there are female CEOs, but they didn't have a big enough sample size to have like a one-to-one yeah. -one type of comparison, which again, it's a whole separate issue, yes. but I think we're working on that. <laughs> yeah. Again, as a society, a, a lot of, you know, CEOs are, are white, old males, so it's, you know, yeah. we're traditional. Gonna, traditional, <laughs> traditional, yeah. <laughs> traditional, very traditional. But what this study really showed, and I'll just kind of summarize it here, is that organizational context really is what matters here. Because while traditional business attire, which is more prototypical, equates to more approval from your peers, because again, as we've stated from the top of this episode, like you, you dress in that traditional way, as we indicated in the last article, it's like people already know that like, that's how my leader's supposed to look. That's how they're supposed to dress. Like this suit, this blazer, this jacket, whatever it is, they're looking the part. Mm -hmm. So when you look the part, you gain trust easier. You gain approval easier because you are like fitting, you're meeting those expectations of your peers, of your employees, of you your organization. You look like you're supposed to be there. Yes, exactly. You look like you're in the role you're supposed to be in. However, something else that the study brought up, which is very interesting, is that dressing to the contrary of others can also act as a charismatic signal, quote unquote, and also impacts your approval. And it isn't all negative. So it, depending on the context of the, of the organization, people that kind of dress outside the norm or maybe like take a little bit more liberties with their appearance can sometimes gain more traction with their followers because 
and it's something that the study mentioned specifically is that they stand out. Mm -hmm. So if you're competing for a leadership position at a company and you dress a little bit differently, maybe your color palette's a little differently, or your choices of attire's a little differently, maybe you dress a little bit more casual, a little more smart, where the others are dressing more in that, you know, black suit, you know, black tie, mm. white dress shirt type of attire, you're standing out and, and because this appearance is also evoking a lot about your personality and you're carrying confidence with it, that can allow people to gravitate towards you. Cause it's like, I like that, you know? Yes. So again, the, the study does provide the disclaimer that this by no means means that that applies across the board. There's cultural context, it varies country to country, it matters company to company, but there are situations that exist in society where you can dress contrary to the norm and that actually gets you more attention. It's like the peacock scenario yeah. that I yeah. talked about earlier. You're standing out in this, you know, and it can even apply to the dating pool. You're standing out in a dating pool, you're standing out in this promotion pool, and now you get selected because you're the one, you're the outlier. You're the one that looked different, but you carried yourself in a way that made people gravitate towards you and it made a good first impression. Yeah, a good example of that is actually um, going to a wedding. You know, the bride and the fiance, they are the ones that are actually, you know, they might be different from anyone else. They're mm -hmm. standing out. The bride right? and the groom? Yeah, the bride and the groom, my bad. Um, another one actually um, standing out. And that's probably an example of like, they're not following the norm. You know, use the norm is black and, uh, you know, the, you know, everyone wear black suits and all stuff. Maybe the groom is wearing all white. Yep. And then like, that's that, a clean, that's yeah. clean look, man. That's, that's a different. clean ass look right and, like, there. You know, and also, you know, who's the groom is, you know yep. who it is, yep. right? Even the leader aspect, if the leader looks the part is different from everyone else, he looks like the leader, he's the one standing out. Yeah. And actually, let me bring up a good point here. So here in the United States of America, I think all of our politicians pretty much dress more or less the same. They have that neutral color palette, wearing suits, suit jackets, what have you. Mm -hmm. But have you noticed that there are some other countries where their leaders actually intentionally dress differently yes. to stand out? Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like a, a mark of dignity. Like think about maybe royalty in certain countries, yeah. like, like in England, where it's like they dress the part because they're expected to stand out. That's the norm. So like even at a wedding, bride and groom are expected to stand out. So it's like, you have features of your appearance of your attire, whether that's a crown or whether that's, you know, a different color or a traditional gown or something that really helps you stand out. And I think that this study kind of corroborates that belief that if you're in the right context where maybe they don't value tradition too much, I think that's the key. If they value tradition too much, it's probably gonna crash and burn. Yep. <laughs> but if they're a little bit more flexible, a little bit more open-minded, and maybe you're not stretching that boundary too far, you can really stand out and make a difference because it's like, wow, like they made a, a different first impression. Um, I think, again, the caveat to that is if you're working against negative stereotypes, like based on the color of your skin, your gender identity, things like that, like you do have to take into account the culture of your organization or entity and the people around you and how they're going to receive that because, again, it may not be well received depending on where you're at. Yes. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Agree. All right, Avery. Well, before we move into this last article, as we begin to wrap up today's episode, do you have any other things that you want to bring up on this study? Um, I think with this study, you know, how attire really impact followers, I think that's a really good study that I think um, people should really like look into that, right? Because 
especially as a leader, you know, you need to look the part um, in the military side of it, right? If I am a leader, right, or I am trying to follow a leader, right, their uniform should be immaculate, right? Mm -hmm. they, they should be, like, looking that part. Like, um, because if they don't, then that just puts a bad taste in my mouth. And if yeah. I'm a leader and I my uniform looks like crap, and I, how can <laughs> how can I tell you to fix your uniform if I messed up, right? So as a leader, yeah. when you look the part, it gives you more credibility. Because if you don't look the part and you're not in uniform, why should you tell your subordinate to follow you? Why should they mm -hmm. follow you when you're not doing it, right? And I think yes. with the attire, with standing out, that makes sense. It's like for if you're the captain of a ship, you actually wear a star in uniform that signifies mm -hmm. you're the captain of the ship. If you're yes. an O5 and in, in command and hired, you wear on your cover, you wear, we call them eggshells, right? Um, but they're like golden leaves. And the more higher you are, mm -hmm. the more you get. It's, if you stand out as a captain, like I can... I can be like, oh, that's the captain because stuff on his uniform or her uniform says you're the captain. And I think right. that that also goes with dress for success and dressing to impress is that if as a leader, if you look the part and you have stuff that signify you as a leader, people can point to you and be like, yes. that's the person I want to be. That's the person that I'm going to go for for solutions of like that. Yep. And I think that's pretty good. I'm for sure that's the yep. same for the corporation as well. Um, mm -hmm. as well so yeah your appeal comes from your dress mm -hmm. like your attire how you're carrying yourself is a big part of that and and it, it comes from the appearance like not just not just how you're carrying yourself but also like this study literally says that if you dress traditionally you garner approval but not necessarily you know this perception of charisma which perception is key perception is reality mm -hmm. it is about how others perceive you if you're in, in some context, like a more flexibility oriented rather than control oriented culture, you know, you dress differently, you're seen as a more charismatic individual and you you still garner more approval. Yes. So it's a very interesting um, study. And I think it's something that we should all like, again, take with a grain of salt, but also consider that in future endeavors as well is, is I think our society begins to get more progressive that maybe maybe it is a little bit about how, how can i stand out within my context mm -hmm. you know how much liberty do i have to maybe play with the colors or what i'm wearing or you know just little features that kind of signify like hey i am trying to be the leader here i'm i'm trying to stand out and and that can make a difference yeah definitely right? all right well the last source i have for today is from cosmetics business and this is an article titled Black Women's Hair 2.5 Times More Likely to be Seen as Unprofessional, mm -hmm. Study Finds. And this yeah. is kind of circling back at some of the discrimination we talked about at the top of the episode here. This is a recent article published this year. And it's actually part of Dove's commitment to help pass what is known as the Crown Act. I feel like this is a great topic, too, because mm -hmm. I feel bad for my black women. I think they're the most discriminated, like, they don't want discriminate like out of all the demographic, in my opinion, right? And especially mm -hmm. you see this in, and like we said earlier, we see this even in the military, right? It's like their hair is seen as unprofessional because you know straight hair is supposed to be the uh, hallmark of professionalism, which is not the no, case at not all. Not. And so when their hair is in a certain way, like that looks unprofessional, you gotta go change it. And it's like, well, no regulations say you can because we're professional, but even in the world of hair. You know, because they're not 
put, they're not conforming to the main one, which is like straight hair or in a bun and stuff like that. Right. They 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 don't they're seen as unprofessional. Right. Which is, it's ridiculous. It, it it is absolutely ridiculous. And in this one, I I will totally blast the expectations because I I do not agree. I mean, I know I'm biased because I am married to a black woman, but I think that black women should feel empowered. Mm-hmm. All women should feel empowered. And even all men and, and people of all genders should feel empowered to wear their hair how they want to. It, it, like it, it's not a, a mark of professional versus unprofessional. If you're taking care of yourself, you're carrying yourself in a means to make a positive first impression. Yeah, and 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 for like my type of hair, there is like two sets of like where my hair is like nappy and it's unprofessional and where it's kept upright even and stuff like that and it looks good same for black women's hair right there is a difference between like okay if a black woman's hair they do it they know they, they do it um do it right and everything and it looks and it still looks professional and then then for someone that's just all over the place and you can see that stuff mm-hmm. uh it, you know but we're but that's not what this this top right. the study this is going where the, the, the yeah. black woman you know does it her hair her natural way, but it still looks good. And but because it's not conforming to yeah. straight hair standards, um, it just looks yeah. unprofessional. All that matters is just just give a damn. Yeah, like, exactly. like, that's, like like as long as you're giving a damn about how you're you're presenting yourself, like it shouldn't matter what that means is if you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. like whether it's straight, curly, you know whatever style you decide to wear, like. We shouldn't be saying that one style, no matter how clean or disorderly it looks, that that is either professional or unprofessional. It's yes. not based on the style; it's based on how how you give a damn about it. Like mm-hmm. how are you how are you presenting that style? That's what should matter. Exactly. But what this article sent around is the Crown Act, which was actually a law that was passed in California, mm. um, and basically it stands for create a respectful and open world for natural hair. What this act, what they're trying to do is they're trying to pass as a piece of legislation for the United States to end race-based hair discrimination, which Mm -hmm. is a prominent issue. And I feel like one that a lot of white people just don't understand. They they do not understand that this is a real issue. And, And Dove is trying to make a commitment to help pass this act. And there's also a whole movement behind the Crown Act of different disparate individuals that are partnering together to try and pass this piece of legislation. There was a study conducted called the Crown 2023 Workplace Research Study. Very, very relevant because it's very recent. It is. It was published this year, and it found that Black women's hair was 2.5 times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. The same report also revealed that 66% of Black women in the U.S. changed their hair for a job interview, mm. with 41% changing their hair from curly to straight. The majority of black women surveyed, 54% felt that they had to wear straight hair to a job interview to be successful. Beyond the interview stage, black women with coily or textured hair were two times more likely to experience microaggressions in the workplace with straighter hair. And more than 20% of black women aged between 25 to 34 had been sent home from work because of their hair. The pressures felt most strongly by young black professionals in the U.S., 44% of black women under 34 said they felt pressured to have a headshot with straight hair. Meanwhile, although 25% of black women of all ages believe they had been denied a job interview because of their hair, this was more pronounced 
among under 34s where one in three felt they had been overlooked because of their hair. So a lot to take in there. I just quoted from this mm -hmm. article, but a lot of key statistics in here. So it's not, it's not a small number of black women that feel this way. It's anywhere between a quarter to two thirds that feel that they're experiencing some kind of discrimination either in the workplace or the hiring process because of how they wear their hair. And it's not even the, it's not even all just the discrimination that they're perceiving to experience. It's also the discrimination that they are fearing. Mm -hmm. Like they haven't even been there and they're already like they have these conceptions that they have to look a certain way just to move forward with the process. Yeah, or to and resonate with their peers. Exactly. You see in the you see in this article, like these you know, these black women feel that like they have to straighten their hair, which damages their hair, mm -hmm. you know, and to get this job in because they even if even if it's like these employers are not gonna discriminate, the feeling of them will, they have to straighten their hair. And it's it's really sad that they have to change basically who they are or basically hide their natural hair to get this interview because of some out of date construct of that straight hair is considered like a uh, professional, right? And like the whole being sent home because of hair, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> like you, wait, you're telling me because my hair is curly, I would be sent home. Like, are you serious? That's like the equivalent of like a woman who was on the thicker side being sent home because your dress is too revealing and then you look at the dress like no she's just a thicker woman so yeah you know that's mm -hmm. dumb that's i think that's dumb but this yeah. is like dumb as well sent for or, your hair or it's like being sent home because your nail polish color or yeah. being sent home because of like I, I don't know like like we could see like a little bit of your tattoo like it's just it, it's like really grasping at straws here yeah people there's probably a bigger issue of they probably don't want you there to begin with. And <laughs> that's that, a good. And that's a good one. Yeah. That, yeah. And I they're will just sign looking, off on that. They're just looking for a little. <laughs> they're just looking for a reason just to send you home or all that stuff. These statistics are pretty uh pretty damning if you really think about it. That there is mm -hmm. an issue that that like obviously these corporations, these people, they you know. They, they create this environment where they feel like these black women are either unprofessional and these black women feel like they, they need to change. And even if 25% of those women, if even if like 2% of them are actually actually been denied an interview because of hair, it's still too much. No one should yeah. be denied an interview because of their natural hair color right yeah. their natural hair texture or their hat the way that they're curly compared to straight that's just ridiculous that's mm -hmm. just ridiculous and yeah it's one of those things that just like really in 2023 we're still having to like yeah. still having to deal with this right mm -hmm. we we all agree that like obviously you shouldn't discriminate from your for your skin color but yeah. what you can discriminate from like your hair texture yeah. that's there's even women that like to dye their hair fun colors and like there's discrimination against that as well. So it's like in the right context, it's like, you know, why should that matter? Yeah. In the military, it's if it's natural. Obviously, mm -hmm. you can't have all hot pink hair. <laughs> I, I, right. And I agree. But it's different with each company. Like maybe in Google, you can have hot pink hair. It doesn't matter, right? In the military, it's definitely a conservative. But if it's natural looking color... You can have it. And I think that should apply to anything. If it's natural looking. I think natural is the baseline, the least that we could do. You you yeah. should be able to wear your natural hair. I believe, Seeps, that whether a woman chooses to wear their hair straight, curly, what have you, mm -hmm. whatever race, ethnicity they are, like, 
like it should be a choice. They shouldn't feel forced or pigeonholed exactly. into a decision because of societal norms. Like I think, you know, and, and yes, this study that we've been looking at is was co-commissioned by Dove and LinkedIn. And I think they have a vesting interest in this because of course Dove sells beauty products, products for your hair. And, and they, they're on a mission to try and break some of the stigmas here around black hair. Like black women should be able to wear their hair naturally and of course linkedin is in the business of getting people connected and and you know working you know with people in workplaces so it, it's just i think a lot still has to change in that regard i think what this study shows is that you know i know this this is one context but there's still discrimination out there there's all forms of discrimination that we didn't have time to really get into on this particular episode yep but I think that in summary, as we wrap up today's episode, is just that I think that it is important to dress for success, to make good first impressions. I think that it's important to be clean. I think it's important to have your best self portrayed. I think it's important to recognize the context that you're in to make sure you're dressing appropriately because you can be too far-fetched. You can scare people away. You know, is my company more control-oriented? Are they more flexibility-oriented? That mm -hmm. all matters. What What's my whole nation's culture? Right. But at the end of the day, there is a component where we should push back on unrealistic norms like body image, natural hair, you know, these gender constructs. There, There's definitely a lot of pushback that we should continue giving because at the end of the day, people should be allowed to be their authentic selves while still portraying the best version of their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And I would say I actually do like in the military that there is a little bit more um, consistency across the board. Yes, you highlighted that men and women are, have some different expectations, you know, with the traditional, you know, genders. But at the end of the day, like you're one team and you portray like this one team mentality, mm -hmm. like in, in this, this appearance, like, like it's not like women wear a completely different uniform than the men. Like it is literally uniform in the military. Exactly. Like in the military, we all wear the same uniforms. Um, and it's not different. There might be some different shirts you could wear. Maybe you want to wear a skirt or whatever. But like it is basically, yeah, we're all uniform because we're portraying not only just in prep, but we're all portraying that we're all one team. Like we mm -hmm. are all, in the sense, there's no men or women. We're all sailors. We're all Marines, airmen, soldiers. Yeah. And we're all dressed the same, right? So it conveys that we're a team. And so I get how, you know, companies, you know, this is why we have a professional attire and stuff like that. It's betray yeah. us all as one team as well, as not uh, while also betraying mm -hmm. a good impression to everyone yeah. else. So I think it's going to be mm -hmm. um, a good, it's really interesting to kind of see where we kind of, we try to find this good balance between being your authentic self and being a professional at the same time. You know, I feel like there there is a good spot where you can be your authentic self while still being professional and still look good and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just navigating the complicated yeah. mechanics here, this intricate web of social constructs and nuance. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot, but, you know... I think we're all, I think we're heading in the right direction. I think that act is, I've never heard that act until now. And I think that's a really good act. I hope it gets passed. I really do. Um, if I have a chance to vote, I'll probably vote yes for that one. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm mm -hmm. just looking at these stats, man. I'm just like, this is dumb. Like, yeah. that's, that's It's not, dumb. That's not, should be something happening. But. Word of the day. Word of the day. Word that of, is dumb. That, that is, is dumb. dumb. <laughs> that phrase of the day, that is yeah, dumb. That so. is dumb. The word is whiz. That's, that's, that's <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> do, you have one, do you have one more riz to throw in at the uh, end of this episode here? Uh, I've, 
uh, actually the end of the, so I have this like this picture I'll send to you later and it's like it shows like what like the uh what each person should look with the business tie and all that stuff obviously you know disclaimer right it's based towards men but i look at that i'm like okay that's actually kind of cool so like it's showing like okay this is what business casual should look like this is what professional this is what slop even goes to now like this is what a slop slop looks like and Mm -hmm. just like like especially for me i love wearing sweats and if i'm Mm -hmm. going somewhere that i feel like i really don't care to make an impression i'll wear whatever i want I, i love going into expensive places just sweats, mm-hmm. and then pulling out my wallet and showing that, yes, I can afford this stuff. Because I love, when it doesn't really matter to me, I like breaking those stereotypes and being yeah. like, you know, you you know, because you, you see rich people who have a lot of money, they usually don't dress. Um, yeah. Now they, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't, they don't need to portray that stuff yeah. like that. So that's just one way to do it. Yeah. I'm not saying everything we just said in the podcast is disregarded, obviously, but there's so nuance in that as well. Yeah. It's about finding that balance. I think there should be more flexibility than maybe there currently is acceptable in society, but there should be standards nonetheless. And I think that we've shown that throughout this episode that let's let's dispose of the unnecessary discrimination. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on allowing people to be their authentic selves while still having some standards in place so people aren't just showing up to work with their hair completely undone, yes. unkept, flip-flops and tank tops and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, again, depending on the context of your workplace, but for all intents and purposes, just look the part, you know, look the part and, and, and just, you know, put your best foot forward, whether that's sneakers, sandals, heels, dress shoes, whatever it may be. Just my message to the seeps listening to this episode is just put your best foot forward and you'll be all right. And be confident. And be you, confident. You, if you dress to impress, look, you not just, it's more than look the part, man. It's, it's about, it's about being in that part, being confident in what yes. you do, and knowing that you are rocking it, right? And mm-hmm. that's my be my message to you: be confident, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you feel like you're not, you don't know what you're doing. Be confident in what you do because it's gonna show, and you'll be surprised how many people be like, "Oh man, you rock that!" And you're like, "I did not know what I was doing," mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you show that confidence. Yeah. So just do that. That that would be my last piece of uh, advice for this episode. That is absolutely beautiful. And you know, and, and I think it could actually help people resonate more with your fit because of your confidence. Like they they may like resonate with it more because of how much confidence you carried. Seeps, there's levels to this riz. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's levels. levels to this riz. Whatever the new word's gonna be in the next five months, but. Yeah. Well, Avery, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast again to do this episode with me. I think it was a good full circle moment because back in the day, we used to have this thing called Suit Up Sundays where mm-hmm. we would dress yep. up <laughs> we and we would just... go do something like go to a movie, yep. play poker, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And I, I think it was a full circle moment. And yeah. You no. gave some good perspective from the military and being a, an African-American male. So thank you so much again for joining me. And I thought that, you know, you added some really good points to this episode. Really uh, good context. Again, thank you for uh, having me and kind of showing that like, a different side love this podcast love what you're doing i love the different like points of view and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that i can show so, so maybe the for the audience listening stuff like that you might not have thought about something you think about you you haven't thought about right and be like oh you know what that makes sense and i uh, hopefully one of you guys have definitely like even if you know if i have changed your mind or at least made you think of a different thought you never have i would say my 
done. And I, I miss our suit up Sundays. <laughs> I really do. Um, Maybe there will be a revival at some point. At some point, we'll, we'll bring it back. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me, Avery. Really appreciate it. Safe travels back to California. Mm -hmm. And again, for all the seeps listening, as the old proverb for this episode says, just put your best foot forward and rock it. And rock it. Thanks for listening about Dress to Impress. Check out the show notes of this episode for the resources we referenced on this topic. If this podcast is your cup of tea, then please leave a review and subscribe for the latest freshly brewed content. As always, let your thirst for curiosity leave you feeling enlightened.